You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Making Waves Well, welcome to Making Waves, everyone. This is episode 73. We're right in 73. We please tell me we're on 73. I think it's I think that it's 74. I'll check. I'll check with the with the home 73 office. 73 slash 74. Anyway, we're almost in the mid 70s. Welcome back. This is the second episode of the second season of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast. Part of the well, we're now part of the Evergreen Podcast family. So, but we still love our folks over there at Sound Talent Media. So, thank you guys uh, and welcome and join us. Um. Listen, guys, if you're checking out our podcast for the first time or if you've been a long-time listener but you haven't subscribed yet, make sure and go subscribe, review, rate, and just tell all your friends about us, man. We got we got a lot of stuff going on. And speaking of a lot of stuff going on, let's welcome um, Eva and, and Rob from Eva Under Fire. Guys, thanks for joining us. Hey. Oh, thank you guys for having us. This is so fun. Yeah. Holy yes. smoke. Listen, welcome to the Shiprock family, first and foremost. Uh, we we're going to talk about your performance when we go live into our Facebook thing. But I, again, I already mentioned to you guys, you guys were like seriously one of those bands that I came out the cruise and I was like, wow. Yep. Yep. That's so awesome. It was such a great experience for us in so many ways. We can't wait to get into it. Yeah. Justin was particularly telling me that uh, he's very judgy when it comes to performance, but we won him over. Oh, yeah. You, you must not have been listening very well. Despite your guitar, it's <laughs> totally your fault. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I, I, you know what? I, I, I based my thinking off of, again, how you guys deal with the audience and like when you're just out and about and you're meeting them, how you do the interaction. And I also look at the faces of the people in the crowd when they're watching you. That's oh, to cool. tell. I love that. I mean, you guys can slay all fucking day long, but if the crowd's kind of sitting there kind of like checking their watches, okay. But they were, they were into you. They knew the songs. And when we announced you guys, I mean, it was a quick turnaround, but everyone was like, fucking love that band. I'm like, well, they have a, all right, they've got a fan base. This is a win. <laughs> this is a win Little for Did us. you know we had already been working on taking over the world? Yeah, <laughs> that's fine by us. We like well, that. that. And we that's like- the thing. That's the thing about our community that you got plugged into, right? Is that they, the moment we announced y'all is like, they just consumed it because they were excited on for, for the thing that we do and the thing that they're excited about. And they, so they want to, they want to familiarize yourself with everything that's happening. And, and that, and that obviously was worked for them and they appreciated it. And then they showed the love on at the shows and on the ship. And, and uh, it was, it was very impressive. It was really, it was really great, great feedback from all the guests and Wow, well, we, we love being yeah. there with them, man. So I'm, I'm so glad that it went over well for them because it certainly did for us. <laughs> so. well, listen, you, you, you guys have a pedigree. You're from Detroit, and if, if you're not killing it from Detroit, well, you're doing it wrong. Live, it's a lot to live up to. Um, <laughs> obviously, Chad, who's not here tonight, Chad is off in, uh, I think he was in Los Angeles. Anyway, um, he's a Detroit guy, and we always speak about Detroit rock and roll. You can't help but do it. Um, whether it's Cream Magazine or Iggy or any of those, things, working way up to you guys. I mean, there's just that pedigree is there, and it seems to kind of be in the uh, the DNA of people from uh, from old Michigan there. So, how did you guys get started? Where did you meet? And tell us that. It was it's kind of a funny, a uh, very old school story. Because we came up in, like I was mentioning to you before, the bar scene, right? So we'd all been playing since we were in high school and just random bands, different projects, right? And so we knew each other. A lot of us had known each other from just those, you know, playing in the local bar circuits, you know? Um, And Rob just so happened to know uh, one of the other guys that we used to jam with from 
a different project. I knew our drummer, Corey, from a different project. Ed and Chris came from the same different project. And so after a while, after we'd always, you know, played in the same bars and stuff, everybody was kind of just, you know, taking a break, doing real life for a minute. And uh, we were supporting one of our other buddies who had like a local festival they were playing. We showed up and we just kind of ran into everybody there and we're like, oh, you know, hey, what's going on, you know? And everybody gets to talking. We go, yeah, we're not really jamming too much anymore, but it'd be fun, you know? Yeah, I know, you know, we, we miss it a lot. And so then we all kind of was like, we should just do this again, right? Give it one last shot, one last go round. <laughs> they're like, yeah, 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 let's figure it out, you know? So we started jamming and it would just sort something was supposed to be super informal, no real plan for what we were going to do with it. And when we started to write, it was like, we all kind of looked at it, each it other. Clicked. It, it clicked. clicked right away. Like the first writing session yeah. we had together, I think we wrote like three or four songs, which is, I mean, I'm not saying the quality is like perfect, you know, but like to have that, um, I guess that vibe with, with new people that you're playing with to be able to just come out the gate with a couple of songs and not have clashing and, and just immediately get each other's what they're trying to do, you know, and it worked with us. We're fortunate for that. But yeah, I think two of them actually ended up on the first record. It was uh it was Betrayer. Yeah. And uh, old stuff. And I think it was Drift. Yeah, off yeah. the Anchors album. So if you're if you're a want to dig around in the old school <laughs> vibes, we've got all that stuff. You can check it out. But yeah, Betrayer was one of the first and it, it became kind of a favorite, which was fun. So that's sort of where it started. Do you, you sorry, did you did you do you write in the did you write like in the jam sessions or was there a separate sit down or do you do you write as a band all in the in the same room work through the parts and oh, it's, it's, full, full volume garage band well, yeah, good. different different uh kind of both so when we started it would be a lot more like you play this and then i try to hear something and then i add to it or have suggestions on how to make the song better or what to do next and now that you're we're on like, a, I guess, a, a sort of different level and working with like producers and songwriters, there is that aspect of like sitting down and, and thinking about the song and what does this mean and how does this go together? More of like architecting it as opposed to just getting in a room and jamming. But I honestly prefer just the jam part. Uh, I don't like thinking about music too much. It should yeah, just be I agree. Natural. Yeah. No. Yeah, the 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 your your most favorite records for the most part you'll find at least our generate our era Justin, which is probably fifteen years before this, and yours was maybe forty years before this, back during <laughs> olden times. Um, when yeah, they had when they had the fire. when they had the low drums, but you would, but you know, but you and I, Justin, most of the records that we love, and maybe you too too. I'd like your your thoughts on this. They were record like the guys wrote them in the living room or they wrote them in the jam session. And then they brought that whole thing in the studio and they went, we're recording this now. And I think that there's a real, I'm not going to man be your manager, but there's a real value in that. And, Rob, and Rob, you said, do you prefer that? There's a real value in that that separates you because a lot of bands don't do that. And it's not a, neither good nor bad, but there's some spontaneity in the room. There's something in the room. There's something physical in the room. It's a spirit. It's the air. It's the vibe. It's whatever that is captured in that moment. Think about like the Pearl Jams and the Metallicas and the the Who's and the Beatles. Sure. It's like that stuff happened in a in a jam space, right? And then you, they took it in the studio and, and worked on it there. But the guts, the nuts, and the bolts were all there in real time. So I love the fact that you, that turns you on, Rob, for sure. I, I love that. I, I well, so my, one of the good examples of that for me is uh, Alice in Chains EP, The Jars of Flies. Mm -hmm. And they just kind of like jammed, you know, they did something, they wanted to do something like acoustic bass and stuff. They just wanted to jam and that's what happened. And that whole EP is fantastic. And a lot of those examples that you mentioned are the same thing, you know? Mm -hmm. um, now everything is, it seems, I mean, of course, you know, arguments can be made, you know, for or against like according to a click, you know, it depends on what kind of band you are. But uh, yeah, there's definitely something to capturing a moment. And yeah. that moment lives on forever. And it inspires so many other people. And when you can hit something like that, that's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, there's something inspiring about having $1,000 which will buy you 12 hours of studio time and you got to nail it. Yeah. So, yeah, usually you, you mentioned something earlier, Eva, about you guys. And I, something I should ask all you guys is like you said, we're going to give this one last chance. Yeah. Is there a point in all artists' life where they say they've kind of run into walls, things didn't work out, breakups, 
Is it always about one more chance or is there a definitive one more chance in most people's, you know, chambers? Like, I'm only going to try this one more time. I'm not going to keep doing this to myself. Or is it just basically you're telling yourself a lie? Like, I'm always going to try this one more time. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I think, I think you kind of hit uh, gold with that, right? The distinction is, does, is, is that one more time what you do before you give up? Or is that what you do before you change something and try again? Right. So, and I think that musicians, when I've talked to other creatives, artists in any kind, but mostly musicians as well, they have, it is in their core. It's just built different. You feel different. It's strange to put yourself back into this nine to five box when you've tried for so long to establish what you've always been so passionate about. And there's this thing about dreams that just, you know, it feels like it's just, this is gone now. Right. But, and I don't, I think some people I've seen walk away from it and they've lived massively happier lives when they've decided, you know what, I'm not going to keep beating my head against this brick wall. I want family life. I want career paths. I want whatever it is that they're also very passionate about. But those people that I've seen do that are, are mostly people that um, truly just they played their instruments, maybe they even played them exceptionally well, but they didn't truly, I don't feel like, identify as creatives where they've just constantly needed that outlet. Because I feel like if that's what's in your core, you'll find it no matter what your path becomes. You will be the, you know, mom of two beautiful kids and happily married and all of these different things, living your best nine to five life, but then also have a side hustle where you like paint for you know, extra income. <laughs> I was going to say, no? there, there's a, there's a whole, those people we talk about, like, Hey, I've stopped doing that. Music was powered in my past. Didn't make, didn't work out. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to, I'm going to raise a family and have a household, which in its own, in its own way is, is a lost art because quite honestly, it's managing everything in order to make something work. So putting the needle right? there. Yeah. But I also think with a lot of people, there's a, there's a big empty hole in them somewhere and they're really good at disguising it because it's a bitter pill to swallow. They realize a didn't, complete something or try something or or maybe you're like i felt empty because i felt like i lost that or i really want to do it but it doesn't fit into this life now i've built for myself where other people are responsible yeah They're, i'm responsible for all these people now so um yeah it's 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 so that's the conundrum i think of artistry it's like hey you're either all in you're a lifer and you're going to keep grinding and you might grind yourself at 50 going we're still fucking living out of a van shit this is not what i thought <laughs> but you're doing it or right. you say, hey, I'm going to hang it up, man. I got other things I got to do, but I'm going to side gig. I'm going to every I'll play with my I'll play here and there and I'll do my thing. Or like you said, you'll paint or whatever. And I think that's super important for people to never give that up just because for themselves, because it makes them a better husband, father, everything, because they they feel whole. Absolutely. So, yeah. And I wanted I wanted and I'm glad that you brought that to light because maybe at some point we figured this might be able to pay bills. Right. So. We're getting there thanks to all of you beautiful people <laughs> but each day is another step closer when you got people like shipwrecked um but you know the the thing i think we we found out was that it's just something like you said it is in you it is a part of your soul it is something that you have to have in your life to be authentically you and it doesn't really matter what it does for you just that you can continue it is the biggest thing right we will always write we will always you know just because that's who we are and whether it pays bills or not is kind of secondary. Um, in this particular path, it is what we've been able to kind of get a chance to to maybe actually fulfill now. <laughs> but but I think that when we wrote together that first time and it was just the vibe and it was just the energy and we were like, we can't give this up. Well, look, I mean, if you'd have told me four or five years ago whenever we started this thing, because I just wanted to write and play and play at some local shows, you know, nothing big, but I never wanted to stop songwriting. Uh, if you'd have told me that, you know, fast forward to last year and this up this year still to come, that we'd be on tour with all these big bands doing this on these big stages. I, I would have thought you were full of BS, you know, like this, like that wasn't the goal. It never was in the beginning, but now that it's here, it's just like cloud nine. Like how did, she was singing that Paramore song. Like, how did we get here? You know, this is crazy. Um, but for me personally, <clears throat> there was kind of like a, a a moment in time where I just said, yeah, I'm, I'm not okay with like doing something else, you know? And that, that, I mean, who knows how long that might change 
someday, who knows, it's not going anywhere anytime soon, but like both of us have had things happen in our lives, like that make us really value time and experiences more so almost than, than money and, and, and some other things. And of course you got to make ends meet, you got to do what you got to do, but you can also do what makes you happy whether it be a hobby or whether it be something a little more than that, like it's turning into for us. So um, it's always encouraged and we're grateful. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The big stages and everything, that's the fairy dust they sprinkle in front of you to keep you going. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're going to be next year. I see you guys. I'm playing. You're going to be playing these big festivals with thousands of people. Okay. We're going to work towards that. And I think the thing you're going to, you probably discovered now too, is that, there is no destination. Mm-hmm. No, it's the ride. You hate to say it, Miley Cyrus, whoever wrote that song, she was <laughs> right. right. It's the oh. fucking climb. Yep. Yeah, it is, man. It's not, and that's the thing, you know, because I, I spent a lot of time in artist management myself, twenty plus years, as a matter of fact. And it was I work with a lot of young acts, and you have to warn, you have to be warned of you know you got you had a really great songwriter showcase and you had a really good writers round and nashville stuff right and then you had a really great meeting with a publisher right and then it's like just take a breath because all of this is built all of this is just a staircase right stairway to heaven if you will right it's just a stairwell and the stairwell never ends like i mentioned the who they're gonna go back out on tour for crying out loud are they even alive like because the stairway because they didn't stop it didn't go they didn't get to the top and look around and go well we really did it didn't we boys yes this is great look at us they just kept walking up the stairs and that's the thing it's like you you know your first gig at a bar your second gig at a bar where you start to feel a little love and, and making records and releasing music and then it's like this just we're just going this is what we do there's no you know, when we get this, then we'll make it. If we get this, then we'll have made it. It's not ever like that. Because the other thing is it's really fucking hard. It's yeah. hard as shit to do those things. So appreciate the moments that you've got when you get them, but realize it's like, now we're going to have to go eat some more shit for a while, you know, to get to the next thing. And then hopefully at the end of it or near, when you start building it, there's less shit to eat, you know? You know, Just, uh, what's good for us is we we've, played local local scene for many years of our lives and and we know what the grind is like and we appreciate every bit of it and uh which makes us so grateful for everything that's happening now it's like you know any new thing that comes in it's just you know completely unexpected and 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 wonderful and uh because of that grind because of that climb up the ladder you know and it'll never stop it doesn't you know most bands don't stop yeah, it's a state of being, and I think it, it makes it more special, too, that we are all people who have kind of grown up in that same scene, right? We're all from Southeast Michigan. We all sort of knew each other since we were kind of kids, you know, uh, literally for my bass player and my rhythm guitar player, I've known each other since grade school. <laughs> so mm. yeah. it's just funny that like a garage band of friends could do this still. Mm-hmm. Well, the chase is better than the catch, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> but uh so speaking of let's talk about let's pivot new album coming out and it excuse my french it sounds fucking monster <laughs> i wasn't it, sure where so i was censoring myself but now i know <laughs> do what do what now i didn't know if we could swear so i was censoring myself oh absolutely absolutely we yeah we don't fucking swear we don't know, but it is it is a it is a great record and it's one of those ones where you just hear unstoppable and you go Love it or hate it, that's a fucking big song. That's a that's a that's a hit. And I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass, but it's it is what it is. I you know you envision stuff when you listen to music and you go, well, where's the placement in the marketplace for this? Yep. Well, it looks to me like it'd be like they could probably use the the chorus for like some sort of NFL like little Absolutely. 12 second clip, right? About you know, the guy going over the top that's going to win a touchdown, unstoppable. Mm-hmm. it's un- it's unreal it's got that it's got empowerment you know you could take any kind of movement of empowerment and use it for that hell you could use it in a mortal combat you could use it for that because it just has that big feeling it's the kind of song that bands like shine down have cut their teeth on and mm. it's a fucking hit it's a hit and congratulations on writing not only that song but the opener <laughs> with spencer right yeah, it's just yeah. like that's another song and it's like Wow, it's 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 similar in a little vein. It's got this big 
just a big like top of the mountain sound to it but i'm like yep they figured it out it's amazing Thank so you. It's, a, it's a great record guys i i expect nothing but awesomeness from it and um i mentioned earlier i'll let al get in here but i real quick i want to sp- i mentioned you guys you guys can straddle a lot of genres of this record yeah. um i mean there's no reason why i'm saying like the song that's got a country that's got a country feel to it and if i'm a programmer for a country i'm like yep yeah, let's put it in a rotation. Who cares? There's those things, those lines are getting blurred so much. Yeah, for sure. Now. And you know, it's like a country and rock fans are really one and the same. I mean, everybody who's gone and seen Metallica has probably seen Kenny Chesney in their life. And it's a big rock show. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm thinking, man, that that song right there, there's a lot of that crossover appeal. And I'm sorry, but if I'm your publisher, I'm scrambling, going, Yep, where can we slot this? This is gonna be big. Thanks for giving yeah, no, us stuff no, to work with. No rules. No rules. None. None. So yeah. congratulations on that. Thank you. I now love- talk about the album. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready. After that kind of intro, geez, now I have to really figure out how I'm going to play. Yeah. I don't say that without giving it enough lessons and understanding what, you know, yeah, I love 15 minute Myron Maiden songs, but I also know what a four minute big rock radio song sounds like. I love so, it. Yeah. It, it was- I think in this context, right, where everybody is streaming and they have all kinds of different things that they love. And so playlists are just so varied between sounds and and genres. And I think that this is what we kept in mind when writing this record, that people do enjoy a lot of different sounds, even on the same compilation, right? That that it's not like um, there is a place, like you said, for... uh, You said 15-minute Iron Maiden songs. I say concept album, right? When it's like very much flows into the same sort of zone. And then there's other things that are just built to be, you know, radio takeover, you know, and that's that's really what we wanted, but in all the, the, the ways that I could explore that, right? I wanted songs that could inspire, but were, uh, you know, based in true story, you know, um, and, and sort of played with different genre bending, you know, things uh, like blow is very active rock unstoppable is not you know it's one of those things that we were kind of like this could be a crossover but i love that swing you know and there's a few others on the record that kind of have um similar cadence but it's different enough Mm. that it you could you know uh really could wind up on two various very different playlists um unstoppable was super fun and what i loved about what we were writing in this record the record is called Love, Drugs, and Misery, by the way. Um, and, and that's, uh, it kind of describes all of the different themes, right? I'm very um, thematic with a lot of my, you know, what, what the song is about in different ways. But Unsnappable originally was built um, to be more like fun. And, and one of the things that we write, you know, just naturally uh, as us as writers and, and as rock music fans, right? big fans of like emotional music, you know, but a lot of that became kind of just heavy, you know, even if it was inspired, it was like something deep in your soul, you know? So when we got to writing this record, we were like, why don't we just have fun with some of these, you know, and and explore that side of emotion also. Cause I feel like there's a, there's a space for people who love pop music and um, country and, and things like that on this record, because some of it is really fun. And as I was exploring that, I said, I want to be authentic with it about what it's written about and how it's focused. So uh, I started to think about what kind of fun things have I gone through or I've experienced, you know, by way of friends stories or unstoppable was my my parents love story because they were the very traditional 1980s burnouts uh, that would skip school. Like and you, go, Justin. You know, <laughs> you know, like my dad. 70, 70s. My bad. My bad. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So you know what I'm talking about. I know. I know. My dad used to steal his sister's red Corvette when she was at work and go pick up my mom for joy rides. So that's where you know you get some. I'm very Ferris Bueller. it was fun and i was like that's that's cool you know and and, and i feel like it's fun in a way that is still authentically me which was important you know what there's there's nothing wrong with being authentic even when it's a big song like that and we always think of pop music as this thing that's like written by three or four people in the studio and then they heard it they hand it to the vocalist and say here sing these words they they have nothing no meaning we just need your voice on these because we need to brand it market and package it but 
that song, and I think it comes from you guys. You guys have played music a long time, and Al can attest to this. I think anyone who's been a, you could be a kid in the mirror with a tennis racket. If I ever put the band together, I'm going to have that one song. You want the audience participation song. Everyone needs that Radio Gaga in their life, right? Mm -hmm. In order to draw people in. What are we going to close the setup with? When we're a big, famous band, what are we closing? What's our big encore? What's our fucking Enter Sandman? It's unstoppable. Yes. You send the crowd running home going, they're singing the song as they're leaving. They feel they're up there. You know, they're fuck. Yeah, this is great, man. Let's hit the, let's hit the, the let's hit the gates and get in our car and drive and turn up that song. Cause we want to relive that moment. We just lived live. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think that that's another stroke of, even if you didn't mean it to be, it becomes a stroke of brilliance in hindsight. Right. And so, uh, yeah, but the, the album again is very, very like your career. You guys have, kind of done metal you've done rock you've done punk you've you've thrown out some stuff that's a little bit more like you know radio friendly radio design for the radio stuff that just that's no doesn't make it insincere just hey this is what i'm feeling on this song yeah so like the the way that everything's marketed these days it's like a singles format for everything and uh you know obviously we're releasing an album but that's why we wanted to kind of like push genre boundaries with like different songs mm -hmm. you know we wanted when I would listen to records growing up, I would like it when like bands would try stuff, you know, a lot of like their, you know, uh, I guess true home base fans would hate it if a band would deviate, like, like say Metallica, for example, like when they mm -hmm. deviated in the nineties from their thrash sound, like, I, I'm not saying it's better. <laughs> I don't think it's better at all, but I did appreciate, I do appreciate, you know, nobody wants to do the same thing over and over and over again. So for us being in the studio writing together, you know, we're inspired by different things and what uh, Eva alluded to is we like to have fun. And a lot of uh, music, you know, is kind of like, uh, it's heavy, but it's kind of has like a, a sad or, or some sort of weird demeanor to it. We wanted to bring back some of the, the fun aspect of music. Oh, you mean rock and roll? You guys want to be a rock and roll band, not sad bastard band. <laughs> yeah. That's why yeah. country is the new rock because people still want the big sound, but they want, they want to be uplifted. They, they want, want to tailgate to some shit. Yeah. They want to feel good. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I love bands that I won't name name stained that, uh, <laughs> that are amazing bands, but I'm like, man, I'm like, how much, yeah. how are you even still alive with all the sad in your life? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Of course, you, you know, turn around what, now, then, yeah, you turn around now, Aaron what, Lewis is doing country songs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> one, one of my, one of my favorite bands is, is always been the Deftones. It fits that mood. It fits that mood. Yeah. Right. It, and it doesn't make me sad. Listen to that music. Like a lot of people who don't understand rock and metal and, and hard rock or whatever it is, rock, just standard rock and roll will think they listen to it and they're like, oh, it's so angry or it's so aggressive or I don't feel angry or aggressive when I listen to that style of music ever. It makes me just as happy as a Hank Williams song would. It just is a different emotion. Um, so that's, you know, that's the interesting part of it. It's like, there's, there's, but the Deftones specifically, it's like, there's, I'm not going to put that on when I have friends over, <laughs> right? Huh. I'm just not, no, there's a time. Up diver down. Yeah. You're cranking up <laughs> Diver Down, you know? And I love the Deftones. I even love like the new stuff where it's kind of like, I've always, I like everything that they do. I don't, I don't, I don't consume it. Like I used to do like the first probably five records, but mm -hmm. every time I hear something new, I'm like, yeah, I love that. I love it. And I love oh, Meshuggah. Man. I mean, I love yeah. Meshuggah. I love Gojira, but it's like, there's certain Corey music. Band members are, are those you name two of our other band members, uh, favorite bands mm -hmm. and Meshuggah. Yeah. And but yeah, but I, you know, Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to add Alice. Like it can be heavy and can be kind of dark and sinister, but the war pigs is about sending your kids off to war in Vietnam. But you know what that, mm -hmm. Oh Lord. Yeah. And that riff, you're like yeah. dancing my ass off to this. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be lyrical content or anything like that. It's just kind of what does the song make you want to move, you know, mm -hmm. does it make you want to bounce? Does it, you know, and what I pre always appreciate about the Deftones is they've influenced so many bands. Oh and, yeah, and there are, are you know have a unique vibe to them, and you can't mistake them for anybody else. You know, yeah, and but, nobody's and, and like I said, nobody's. It doesn't make anybody sad. Their music is is. It sounds like it would be depressing, but nobody's leaving that show like super sad. You know what I mean? They're all leaving the show like, man, that was great, and they feel uplifted by that music. Music's funny like that, right? 
yep, like yep. a band playing all these minor chords and dark sounds and heavy distorted stuff. And all of a sudden you leave that show and you're like, that made me so happy. Yeah, so strange. Can, it's so strange because those sounds just you wouldn't think would elicit happiness from people, but it, dude, it sure as hell does. They are modern day cure. They're the cure for the modern day. Yes. Metalheads yeah. are like the cutest, happiest people outside. And then you yeah. get them like either when they're performing on stage or you see them at a concert and you're like, that was intense. And they're like, yeah, yeah. no, wasn't it great? Yeah. There was a singer from, there was the singer from Slipknot was on Shiprock. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Yeah. But think about that, right? I mean, this guy, <laughs> what happened? So I got to meet him. It was fantastic. That's amazing. Yeah. The, uh, only on Chip Rock. There you go. Yep. Uh, but, you know, it's like that guy's wears his worn creepy mask for 20 years and like super weird, dark shit. And then he comes on Chip Rock. He's, you know, cargoes, cargo shorts and a t shirt. And like we had Stone Sour on. Well, they were on Shiprock in 18, 2018, I think. 2018. Yeah. And I mean, he had, he was wearing a captain's full ship captain's hat. Like he looked like Captain Steubing from the Love Boat. And he was just like, you know, playing this, playing this heavy rock. I mean, Stone Sour, not as much, uh, you know, but still kind of can be kind of dark and aggressive. Yeah, and sure. so, yeah, it's, it's just a, it, music is that, is that kind of interesting thing. It can completely take you places that, may not make sense, you know, where it's like that sounds this way, but it makes me feel another, you know, it's, and you know, it's, it's, uh, it's very powerful, clearly. Well, what was super interesting is watching Corey Taylor sing Wait and Bleed, particularly the screamy parts without his mask on, because I've never seen that before. Yeah. <laughs> we basically got to look into his what rehearsals would be like in a Slipknot uh, rehearsal room. Yeah, right? yeah. absolutely. Hey, yeah. Al, are we uh, we live on Facebook yet? I'm now? gonna not yet. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna press some buttons here. It's uh, it's 7:31. I'm, we don't, I'm a, tear, I'm, we don't want them tearing down the cathedral no, gates. I'm one, Why haven't you started yet? No, I'm one minute behind, and I just got to figure out All how right. to do this. The great Very thing good. is, I'll go ahead and edit out this part later if I start to sound like it too much. I'll tell you what, cool. I'm just gonna go ahead and then throw in a little commercial. Yeah. Cool. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening to Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast. Not only are we a kick-ass podcast, and we're one of the fastest-growing rock and roll and heavy metal podcasts in the world, but we also put on a really kick-ass event called Shiprock. We just finished up our 12th voyage in 2022 here, and we'll be sailing again in 2023. We just launched all the stuff this week, and we'll be heading out of Port Canaveral, Florida, heading towards the Dominican Republic and the Bahamas. I think we're going to head down to Grand Turk, too. We haven't yet come up with the artist, but you never know who will show up. But expect a really good one. And speaking of really good ones, we want to, we've got Eva Under Fire, who are, who are part of our 2022 sailing. So uh, welcome them. And welcome, everyone, from Facebook. Thank you for joining us on this wonderful Wednesday evening. We've got Eva and Rob from Eva Under Fire. You guys are probably very familiar with the band now since they, uh, they just sailed with us. So say hey, guys. What's up? How are you? Uh, hello. Guys, if you, if you have questions for either one of them, please throw that in the thread and we'll get to those. But we're going to continue our conversation um, talking about the new album, Love, Drugs and Misery. It's yeah. coming out in May on Better Noise Recordings. So uh, what were your expectations when you were making this record? Were there any or did you guys think, hey, we have to evolve or going to progress or we're just going to stay the course and this whatever comes out of us is what's going to be on the new record? I would have loved to say that we had everything figured out. That's so wrong. No, never. <laughs> so wrong. So far from the truth. Um, so I can't lie to you because ship rockers and rock fans in general, they know when you're not authentic, right? But like we, we so we were in this um, situation where we had new stuff on an EP. And when the label kind of had us come out to, to meet them, they said, hey, we really like this. We want you to finish it for a full record. And we we're like, oh, uh, okay. So we get back in studio and we're like, so now what do we do? <laughs> and, <laughs> and, we started to, and, and so we really had to kind of dig deep and and see what, what it was that we had not explored yet. Because all of the things that just kind of like authentically became the Anchors album and the War EP and all of the other things that we had released previously, we were like, now we have heavy hitter attention like what do we do that's different and that's kind of where we were just kind of talking about you know we we were we were very focused on emotional stuff for a very long time and i think a lot of rockers are right they just one of the things that you were saying was about how like you can leave 
a really mean sounding or really sad sounding song and like feel better. Right. I think that's just catharsis because <laughs> rock people have been through some things, <laughs> you know, mm. but like we wanted to explore how to be fun on this record too, which, which I think really started to, once we kind of took that track, we noticed it started to open up brand new doors, which was super cool. I think you guys just kind of went out and said, Hey, let's go write a whole album full of anthems. That'd be different. Yeah. It's, yeah. Kind of like the, it's like the Def Leppard hysteria method. Let's just write a whole damn greatest hit. Every record. song. Yeah. We're, this, yeah. So I, I will say that there was an aspect where we wanted to write songs that were, that would translate good live. Amazing. You know, yeah. songs that uh, are obviously words and uh, thoughts that she came up with, but also something that's catchy enough to where people are going to remember it in a live show and want to sing it back to us. So we tried to, that was a focal point for sure. Oh, big open riffs are just they're They are fodder for arenas. Oh yes. I love, yeah. I love me some riffs. Yeah. It was <laughs> big, big fat ones. <laughs> Lots of them. Right. No. Yeah. <laughs> We were uh, writing this as a rock record though, right? So even as we were kind of playing with a lot of these hooks and different things and like building it to be, like you said, just these massive things that could just, you know, hopefully radio takeover, right? We also wanted to do like, let's keep it to where our genre tr truth is though and have guitar solos and giant riffs and things like that. Like you don't want to forsake things like that in this genre, you know, it's, it's so important. The guitars are massive on this record and I think it's supposed to be that way. You gotta have guitar solos, man. Like, dude, I, I mean, could hear them underneath. I was like, they're welcome. They're seriously a lot of, a lot of. They're not playing them. They're just playing the melody, the notes, and that's fine. But to hear solos, it's it's intoxicating still. Yeah, I, I really, yeah. You know, and I love new metal, but I was really missing that from a lot of those songs. You know, from the early thousands. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we obviously we we draw from our inspirations and i i love how fun like a lot of 80s music is and you'll hear other songs on the record that there's some inspiration from like there's even a talk box in one of our songs you know yeah were you were you doing joe walsh or peter frampton or Steve oh, johnny or used, johnny used to work on the dock man you went on strike he's donna's yeah. love I it's forgot about up. that guy. I tried he to said, push that shit way out of my mind, man. He said 80s, man. The fun in the 80s. Richie Sambor, come on. So I will say it, it's more related to like a picture of my <laughs> Sorry. heart. Sorry. my age. No way. Okay, so so for, for clarification, it it was definitely Richie Sambora and not Peter Frampton. Am I right, Rob? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm yeah. sorry, man. I because, just, I, because whoa, whoa, whoa. We're halfway there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I see. This is what you're supposed it. to finish the lyric, but it's cool. I'm what? not. Saying, you thank you, somebody. Thank you, you Lord Almighty. Almighty. <laughs> <laughs> see, you, you said I should finish it. I wasn't sure how all out you wanted. No, me to all, no, I meant finish the whole song, hey, second uh, verse, hey, the whole hey, thing. Hey, Al, have we paid our? Have we paid up on? Are we paid up on our ass cap? No, oh, we're not. Oh, no, damn it, we got nailed. We're not. We we're not. So, but it's gonna be. It's gonna be fine. I'll. I'll write a. Uh, I'll write a letter. Copyright strike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you sang it out of key. It won't work. That's true. It was a, it was a yeah. personal rendition. Yeah. Right. Is it yeah. yeah. It, it was it was not it was non-commercial. Thank you. It was. If you'd have had me sing it, then you definitely would have been safe. <laughs> you should uh, yeah. definitely make him like you know because I'm manifesting positive things here. Once we get an invite to come back to Shiprock, then you should Ooh. make him do it at karaoke. <laughs> okay. We'll just write it into the. We'll write it into the contract where you're you're forced to sing "Living on a Prayer" uh, so, <laughs> in karaoke. I was forever. I do, but I, I would. <laughs> I, I was tempted to do a Bloodhound Gang song just because I, I'm stupid and know a lot of Bloodhound Gang songs. So yeah, and that doesn't require a whole lot of singing, right? Was that, is kinda, that the ballad kind of, of Chasey Lane? Was yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, uh, did you guys participate in the karaoke? Julian puts on a great uh, Julian. Yeah, karaoke. Julian's on here right now. He's he's the best. Did you know that Julian and I did an Evanescence song? We did "Bring Me to Life." I think I did. I did know that actually. What time yeah. it was that? Yeah, not not to say it. Uh, wait, I don't even know. But I, I come so, on. Okay, so karaoke. I, uh -huh. I, we won 
a trip to Shiprock. By the way, I don't know if anybody else feels. I felt like we won on Shiprock because we didn't know until four days before we left that we were going to even play. Right, so it was kind of a wild ride for us. But we have no idea what to expect when we show up. But we were like, we're coming. So we show up on the boat, and I thought that karaoke was just like a thing, like one, like a day they have. Oh, karaoke at the you know whatever. I didn't realize this was nightly, and that mm-hmm. it was the party. Literally, oh, yeah. nobody does karaoke like Shibrat. We showed up. There was a massive amount of people doing all kinds of cool, mostly rock music. And then the bands show up and then they hang out and sing other with other bands and other bands and just a massive, awesome riot. So I was like, OK, we're new here. If I you think if I go up there and I sing some stuff that I could like use it as promo, it's like, yeah, shameless plug. Go, go, go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it worked. So thank you all for showing up to Karaoke. Well, you're welcome. And thank you for being a wonderful marketing arm of Ask For Entertainment and Ship Rock. There. <laughs> Absolutely. This, I was going to say, like you know, a, this the, is like the a living, breathing commercial. <laughs> you mentioned where artists will come up there and sing. I mean, again, another one of the Ship Rock experiences, it just kind of happens there. It, very rarely on tour, are you going to run into other bands or people and like, hey, let's go down to Mel's and do the karaoke mm-hmm. night. That's not happening because you have a 12 o'clock bus call because you got to get to Poughkeepsie the next night. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So having yeah, this it, opportunity it, to do that is fantastic. Yeah. And you, I mean, you really just, I mean, you don't have anywhere else to go and everybody's creative people, creative, exciting people yeah. that like to show off a little bit, you yeah. know? So, yeah. um, so yeah. And Julian does a great job. I, I know I said that already, but just to give Julian his props, um, he's been with us for a couple, three years now and he's, uh, he's kind of a staple for us now. I'd imagine he'd, he'd be with us here, um, moving forward too. So he's in a super nice time. guy too. Good singer, yeah. yeah. No, heck of a heck of a singer for sure. Um, we need to get lungs. we need to get him we need to get him connected with a band to play on Shiprock. Not no promises, Julian, but we need to figure that out because that would be yeah. a lot of fun too. Yeah, and I know our I know our guests would really dig that too. Um, so all right, so let's ask. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. go. Yeah, I no, was gonna, no, no. I was just gonna get a, a Shiprocker. Jennifer wanted to know what was your experience like. It sounds like it was pretty good. And did you have a favorite memory from the week? That's good. That's a good one. Go that ahead. That's a good one. I think we have separate favorite memories. So we, we might have to say, it was amazing. The yeah. whole experience is amazing. So we'll start there. there but what was two. your favorite moment? So, man, uh, as as we already talked about, like you get to, you get a chance to hang out with people you'd never think you would ever get a chance to hang out with. And the fans are so cool. It's such a family environment. And that was like one of the big takeaways as a noob that I had no idea about. You know, I think of cruises, I think of like, not that I would ever think like people ready to rock on a boat or like this, but when I always thought of cruises, I think of like uppity, like higher class, like, like, like kind of sticking your nose up kind of thing. And like the, um, the, the whole mood on the boat was just everyone wanting to have a good time and, and, and act as a family. And it was just like, that was first amazing. Uh, but I would have to say getting a chance to meet some of these guys and, and we became quick friends with Steel Panther. Uh, I got to meet uh, Joey Belladonna and have several conversations with him. I stayed on the same floor as him. We always ran into each other. Um, I'm pretty sure he was sick of me by the end of it, but uh, we got him to come and sing a song with us during our set in the lounge, which was, I mean, the legendary singer of a band that's been around for over 40 years. Singing with us, like that's, insane i can't even like fathom that when i try to remember it but that 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 was probably it for me he was such a sweetheart too because i i you know my drunk idiot rhythm guitar player friend was like oh there's like i hear you like dirty covers we do one too if you want to come up right and the the lead singer of steel panther was standing right there he was like dude cold man (laughs) super cold i was like no you just ruined everything chris shut up (laughs) you're making bad impressions even despite how terribly this pitch was right he was like well what time do you guys play and i was like oh my god he's considering this like this might actually happen so we were talking to him and we were just you know we were like yeah no no pressure whatsoever he says I don't want to steal anybody's thunder. And I was like, please, the thunder is yours. Please steal the thunder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. It would be a cra- in- incredible. And sure enough, I mean, he didn't even, you know, there was no uh, rehearsal or like even confirmation that this was even going to happen. We get halfway through the lounge yeah. set and he showed up on Rob's side of the stage and he was like, 
I saw him side stage. I was like, are you this? Oh, I guess, I guess we're doing this. Yeah. 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 Guys. Cause our, our set, we kind of have an uh, like most bands, we just have an order we go in. And uh, I was like, whatever's next, cancel it. Cause we're doing this now. <laughs> Before he leaves. Yeah. 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 I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but the, you know that's another great thing is like we always talk about the fans get these really cool experiences the artists also get to cut loose a little bit and mm-hmm. do this and go i really want to play with this younger band this would be kind of cool for me it, yeah. it's like re-energizes me and whatever else and i always want to do this fucking song but i can't do it with my regular band because all the lights are adjusted to a certain song and we our lasers come out on this song and i can't <laughs> yeah. switch up shit yeah. So to have this for them is also it's it's a vacation and it's fun and it's like who cares how loose or oh they missed a note that's part of the in joke that's part of the fun. <laughs> I've noticed yeah. that there was <laughs> literally because all of us on Shipwrecked are like choosing out of a pile of preordained equipment that's not really ours but they're mm-hmm. wonderful for us to use right but we don't like know it like we know our stuff so like everybody had a chord issue or a missed thing or a whatever and they forgot to switch guitars or or something you know and it was just nobody cared <laughs> nobody, yeah, yeah. No, everybody no. in their hair it was part of the fun they yeah. make a joke about it and the crowd is just eating it up you know one i think one of my <laughs> so one of my favorite moments that's definitely one of them because joey was again just such a sweetheart and just uh, this legend basically just crashed our set and joined us on stage you, you know a, a little it's funny you mentioned like a lot of the ship rockers are very handy people don't ever be surprised go man i don't have this cord they pull one out of their back pocket they just so happens they have one on <laughs> <Yeah>. them <laughs> yeah walking guitar center some of them i swear to god they're yeah. amazing <laughs> they show up ready because if they can be a part of the the show, the set, the whatever, they want to be. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know. This is probably one of my favorite moments. I had no idea what I was good, what this was going to mean to this person. And we had a lengthy conversation about it afterwards, which was so sweet. But I, I just, we were on the deck set. We opened that day. Um, the ship just so happened to be, because it was on our way back. So the ship was sort of like really rocking that day. And I was trying to, I was like, having a hard time because of all the salt that's in the air, right? So I was like, I'm gonna need water today. And if this is the day I cannot lose my water bottle, it's today. So like, I need to figure this out. And I can't, like, I'm trying to figure out how I can tape it down or like gap tape it to the thing and not lose my water, right? (laughs) Well, halfway through the first song, I noticed that this wonderful gentleman is just really, really conveniently standing directly in front of me. And it was probably just like a little bit like- That'd be be Dalton. Yes, it was Dalton. Hi, Dalton. <laughs> my water bearer. He was saved by set. And he was like, no, seriously, you made my trip. Like, it was so fun to be part of the show. Like, he felt like he was a tech. You know, because I, I basically just asked him by handing him my water bottle, will you tech for me? And he was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was just really awesome. fantastic. That bring, I have- a ship, bring a ship rocker to work day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Saved the whole thing, so I was so grateful. So everybody kind of has their road to ship rocked, right? All the bands who come on for the first time, hell, every time, right? There's some kind of story, uh, whether it's the van or the bus or the flight or the hotel and how we made it there. Your story, I think, is pretty unique. You know, Rob and I got on the phone, what, I guess it was four days before yeah. you guys got on the ship, and it was like, it, you know, for me, it was it was a crazy time because we had all the cancellations and then all the new bookings, so I was in the middle of it. And... uh how was your, so Rob, I got a little bit of a sense of kind of not a little bit of panic probably from your and like, how the, f- do we pull this off? Right. Little- like, you know, so tell us about, so you, cause it was a hell of a drive. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so tell us, tell our, all of our ship, our ship rock lovelies out here, what it took for you guys to put this together, to show up, to rock their faces off. I'll start. This is Michigan. <laughs> We're from right about here. And we got to Galveston in like 72 hours that's backwards it actually looks like that never mind whatever um <laughs> 72 you know where i'm talking um, about southeast michigan that's yeah. a long time. it's this a map damn it it's a map <laughs> <laughs> it shows um, you how directionally downside but go ahead <laughs> so uh for our tours and stuff i handle like all the tour manager stuff which is why tony put you into contact with me i'm sure and uh yeah i mean i'm kind of used but we've never done this before i've never i when i've advanced stuff before it's like months ahead of time you know so i didn't know and we have uh ed our bass player runs our 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 
tracks and things like that. So it's like, it's like, is our setup going to work? Is it, do we have like a, a generic setup like that a lot of bands use, or do we have something that's a little more unique that we need? I don't know a lot about it. So I don't sound smart talking about it, but uh, the stage box I, has like a million racks with a million buttons and they all do different things. And we were like, we can't bring it. What do we do? <laughs> but like layman stairs, we were like, uh, we could we could do without most of the buttons, but like, which ones do we yeah, read? We need certain buttons we right? can't live without. Certain things need to happen here. <laughs> so initially, yeah, I mean, I have no idea. And, and when you started to talk to me about like, what kind of gear that you guys had on tap, I was like, oh, well, that's like good stuff. Yes. Okay. Because yes. we've, We've played like festivals and stuff near us and they're like, okay, yeah, uh, we have backline for you. It's like a, a crate. Fender twin reverb or something and it's a crate amp. like a four like, piece no. drum kit somehow and just make it happen. It's like, yeah, it's like a gorilla. I think that's their slogan. By the way, I think that's their slogan. But come on. I think that's their slogan. Crate amps. Yeah. Yeah. You can't you can't say it without the arm motion because then everybody (laughs) go ahead. But uh so yeah, there was a little bit of worry of like how can we and and the other thing was like trying to get the the COVID stuff squared away last minute. There was no test anywhere. So we Mm -hmm. and we had to like kind of try to facilitate that. So f- between figuring out the production backline, the stage backline, the COVID stuff, how do we get there? Like flying was out of the question because of us bringing what we were bringing and the fact that it was last minute. And when you, anytime you fly last minute, the prices are ridiculous. So it was cheaper for us to drive there by a lot. Well, we couldn't, we couldn't risk cancellations either because and, in the yeah. current environment, like we would have yep. missed moving port yeah. you know? yeah. so we're like, there's no way we can miss this we don't have a lot of wiggle yeah. room let's drive so i mean yeah so me so i've talked to you quite a few times and i was i'm so happy you prefer like actual conversations as opposed to texting i'm just so used to texting like to other tour managers and stuff because that's what they prefer or emails because it solves a lot of problems right away you were great you got pe- people in contact with me i needed to talk to and my stress was absolutely gone uh a couple days that's before awesome. the show that's good yeah, yeah, I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear. That's our whole team kind of lives for that, you know, is just making sure everybody's stress free. And that includes the guests too, like trying to solve problems, trying to anticipate problems. And I'm glad, I'm glad it all worked out. It sounded like you guys, I mean, here's the thing. If it's, if something's going to be great, it's going to be really hard. Sure. Yep. You know, so there you go. Mm-hmm. There's another example, yeah. right? Yeah. So you, you had a great experience because it was a challenge and it was difficult to pull off. And that's part of the reason why it was great, right? So still awesome. recording, you know, and, and hats off to you guys because I'm sure like this is our first experience with Shiprock, but I have seen and heard several wonderful and amazing stories prior to COVID and, and the shiprocks that you guys have put on in, in previous years that we were, you know, didn't come to the table for just yet. But you guys have been doing this, making it a wonderful experience. I'm sure it's been rough at occasions. I'm sure. So hats off to you guys for continuing to do the hard things and making this a wonderful yeah. thing. Well, Mostly, that's, Al, that's yeah. the team. That's the ask for team. I, I just kind of someone I watched a little bit on the periphery and it was like, even me, I'm just like, man, this feels like nuts and throat time. This whole last week, it was just like a race against time. Like, Oh dear God. Yeah. So yeah, it, yeah, was, it, was, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was one of the hardest ones we had to pull <laughs> off, but I think, you know, again, going back to it, it's like, it was so hard. It was great because it was so hard. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so the two, the two just rolled together. So, so just reading like all the posts mm-hmm. on the Shiprock forum page, everyone was so happy that it happened, that it, they went and I, I, I can't believe how many posts about people just, just, just loving every second of it. And, it just like reinforces the fact that you guys have something real special going on here and, and all the ask for entertainment. And, and we would love to be a part of it. Any chance we ever got. That's awesome. Well, yeah. Well, and I think, yeah, I mean, and I think it goes to the community too. And a lot of them are watching now. It's like, yeah, the, the group that we had on really, really wanted to be there. And it was, it, it showed in the, man, it was just, you know, every year it feels like, maybe not every year, but we feel like it's like, man, that was, we did a good job. You don't pat yourself on the back too much, but you're like, you know, you're proud of what you do. And this year, especially, I think everybody, 
I think everybody had a great time. And I think, again, because it was so hard to do for everybody. I mean, everybody had to test. Everybody had to travel. Everybody had to be careful. They all were in it. In the Well, as Lizzie Hale said from the deck stage, she said, we're all in this ship together. You know, so, you know, that's, that's real. So I think what you all will, will discover is you're going to take this positive momentum, I hope, from Shiprocked. And you're going to discover the real music fans in the United States of America and, and abroad, because these people, a, you guys came on board and totally kicked ass. And there was a great vibe about the band and great, great feedback from everybody. But you're going to discover these people are going to show up everywhere now. And they're going to come looking for you and they're going to have the Shiprock flags and they're going to want you to sign the Shiprock this. And I mean, they're going to be with you as long as you will be making music and making music a career for yourself. You will have this community of people uh, with you on your, not on your back. They will have your back always. They will always be there for you. So they are the epitome of brand loyal. Yeah. So you came, you came and you came and did your thing to the best of your abilities and showed them the love and put on a great show for them. They felt it. And it's just, it's like, you're now, you, you are now officially, I, the, with the power vested in me, uh, the director of operations for Ask for entertainment. I now pronounce you artist and fan. Oh, Amen. wow. <laughs> This Amen. has been I'm, I'm so scared to commit. No, oh, honorary ceremony. <laughs> See you later. It was so great. It was so because I'm so glad that you bring this up because one of the fans when we were um we were chilling on the third uh, deck when all of you we were slinging t-shirts and making sure we could meet everybody and just say how appreciative we were right and um somebody told me about this they were like yeah you know at now at your live performances you're gonna have to shout out the ship rock crowd I was like. What do you mean? Like when when we're on tour, like after Shipwreck, she was like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> this yeah. this is like a thing." <laughs> people people from Shiprock go to other shows and link up with people from Shiprock, and they form like a Shiprock tribe wherever you are. <laughs> like, yeah. you do what with how many? Oh my goodness! Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. so you just shout this out from the stage, and they'll come like take pictures and stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I I was this was the first experience where I was like, this, this is, I mean, when you, and, and I've told several people this, but I have to reiterate when you're on tour and you're, especially as a, a band that's just starting, you know, you hope to leave there, whatever venue you're at with maybe a handful, three people, four people that are very dedicated fans that, that want all your stuff and want to come meet you and want to come, you know, take photos and they'll be there whenever they travel, you when travel, whenever you perform. That's wonderful in and of itself. But what you folks have done, you have put me on a ship full of them. <laughs> and they will, like you said, that's just it's it that is why it's not just unique for fans, but unique for bands to be in an environment like that where people are so supportive in such a massive way. So it was it was so much fun. Um we we definitely brought our A game. I mean we we got it together in 72 hours, put our game face on, but y'all seem to like it. <laughs> so well, it was great. You know, you know what else was, was we sell these ridiculous pajamas called onesies. And uh, so many people from the, 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 on ship rock, like wanted to become a part of it and wear these things, including Satchel of Steel Panther. We, we could not believe playing our deck stage show that he was in our oh, pajamas and just like surrounded by fans that were also in our pajamas, like this is these people it's are a weird world, man. People are yeah. amazing, and, and I, I mean, I, I can't believe they're buying it, but it's awesome that they're buying it because they love. Yeah. This is this is a party. People, people. I mean, this is why you have theme nights and different other things. People really love fun here. Yeah. So when they definitely. see that you have branded pajamas, they want to come to. I guess we have to have like a shipwreck PJ party now, at whenever we play. Yeah. <laughs> well, and your music's yeah, that, fun, and your music's fun too, right? We've been over that. So yeah. that it just that and those things just are all synergistic, right? You you play. Well, I fun think music. we do that. I think we yeah. do that. And we get a pillow sponsor, and we just have one big ass pillow fight on the next stage while you guys are playing Unstoppable. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. When, <laughs> And you know what? The pillow. Here's the marketing angle for the pillow. The pillow will be fire retardant. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's right. So all that right. it's not on fire, it's under all fire. Right, all right. And even under fire retardant. There we go. I just, I just go. that's a second mic out. drop, but I didn't, yeah. Yeah. No, not even worthy of it. So, drop. hey, we have another question for you guys. 
All right. It's going to okay. answer from each of you. This is from Karen. Who wants to know, you're on death row. What's your final meal? Oh, wow. Mm. Okay. Mm. okay. Uh, chicken. Um, I wasn't chicken. Sure. I should chicken. What is chicken? <laughs> Stir fry or chicken fajitas? And it was at war in my brain for like three seconds. And I was like, no, fajitas. It's got to be fajitas. So I chicken. think we can definitely ask if that's so basically your final you answer. Stink up the entire room while you. Okay. Oh, gotcha. Chicken That's fajitas. Way, way to be selfish. Way to be or selfish. Chicken in your stir final fry. Day. Yeah. You last meal. The last meal. Y'all are gonna pay for so that. Chicken, <laughs> listen, this tells you all about the, what this lovely lady is made of. Everybody, her last meal is chicken fajita. I mean, yeah, yeah. extra salt of, salt of the earth. I mean, there you go. Uh, for chicken for me, fajita. I'm, from I'm so, the, how about you? Yeah, I'm such a sweet tooth fanatic, so it has to be like a giant Oreo cheesecake. Uh, with just way more Oreos than they ever put in those damn things because they Dude, never. Now you're just gonna have a belly ache. Well, and you're I'm gonna want to my last meal. So what do I care? You know. What if it? What if it goes haywire though? And, and it goes. Oh, it's short circuited. No double jeopardy. You have to live with the belly ache now. You're fucked. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe he just like sugar overdoses and it's done before. It's <laughs> okay, so yeah. If you were to, if you were to die that. if you were to die from overeating a specific <laughs> food. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we just that was a dark turn. It took a dark turn. It took a dark oh, turn. Sorry. So, 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 no, so where do where do where do uh where do the where does the viewing audience go to order uh the disco onesies? Ooh, uh evaunderfire.com. We have a merch store. So are the one are the onesies available presently? Yeah. Uh, are, they, are they available in three or four, maybe five X asking for oh. a friend? We, we we do we, we do have, have them in those sizes. Okay. Yes. Does it have uh, the union suit backdrop where I don't have to take them off if I have to? Oh, so we're working on it. We're yeah. working we're, on we're it. Working. Upgraded one trap door. Okay, very good. An, up, an upgraded onesie. <laughs> you charge a premium price for them, by the way. Yeah, we'll come out with the onesie two thousand pretty soon here. So. The one and a half Z. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we, we don't. <laughs> hey, folks, they're all over the onesie now. Like, hey, guys, they love if the you onesie. want to go to the website, we're not going to just, just go to the website and you yeah, can find other things there. What were you yeah. going to say? You can pre order the album. You can get a onesie. You can. One of our bandmates gained a little bit of weight because they like the sugary stuff. And so we told them that. Talking about me? Right to, in no, front of no, me? no, no. I said, I'm talking about the other one that I. That cannot be named. The other <laughs> So, yeah, she was talking about you, actually. And we told Chris if he kept eating all the free ice cream on the ship that he was going to need a toozy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But God, yeah. the soft serve. It's hard. It's I so mean, yeah, it's soft serve. Hey, did you sign a, did you sign an ice cream cone? I did. Okay. Yes. Okay. There you go. That Hold was probably the there most. Stardom right there. For the unique, most like, unique item like, I've ever signed. It's like signing a ninja sword. Yeah, I mean, we, it's when you've signed boobs all the time and you just get offered an ice cream cone. You're yeah, like, yeah, that? that happens. That happens. The first thing all the time. Oh, uh, Missy, Missy says there's no onesies currently on your site. Missy what? is pissed. She is pissed. Man. Okay, yeah, wait, not good. I will figure this go. out. I will post it in the Shiprock forum as soon as I figure it out. I will figure it out within the next 24 hours. I promise you. And I will come up with some other kind of link because yep. i have to ask uh, Kristen. it has them all yeah so. we have we're our merch store i know right? where they are yeah. i will make them right. available yeah we are they are there any presently like in the dress the dresser drawers behind you where you could just pull one out just right now yeah yep. okay yeah we're gonna need to do that well, are you gonna pull one of the black ones out because that's what everyone likes it's fine she's gonna get whatever she gets what other Let's colors see. do you have we don't need to be. Uh, we don't need to be picky. Sell white ones, but the white ones aren't very good uh, because people, you know, they get dirty real easily. This, this, That's this a white one. Behind it, though. There you go. Wow! You look go. at that. Yeah. Fancy. There That's you nice. go. Yeah. That's a good. So, What's the material on that? Is that cotton poly? What is that? It's it's a lot. Oh, it's, it's baby <laughs> soft. These are very. It's uh, Egyptian point point eleven. <laughs> yeah. Four thousand yeah, so counts. Chamomile skin. All the way yeah. to is it leak aloe? cotton it's a poly blend so so um, extra extra points if young robert lieberg goes ahead and puts that on right now on camera yeah no no no, no. Wait, i can't think of a better send-off don't dare us what, what size is it we can't oh, dare it very seriously hopefully hopefully it's a small rob 
Yeah, uh, we want a really fit for tight. all of us. For all of us. Yeah. So no, you don't have to. the story behind Actually, it. No, you have to. You have there to. is. Yeah, uh, there was a moment where we were all making fun of Chris because he was wearing the pajamas, and we were like, "Oh, that's not very rock star." And our producer said, "Oh, that's not very rock star," and then it caught on. But of course, when he was saying, "Oh, it's not very rock star." when we came out with the EP, we all teased him a little bit about his, his onesie and he cried and he walked off stage and then all of us, (laughs) and then, and then we all walked on stage with our onesies and we played until forever in our onesies and we all had a onesie party. So it was a very fun thing. And we all are going to really be outlining your, uh, yeah. Yes, this is going to be amazing. Thank God it's a small. You know, you can wear the onesie because what did Heidi came out dressed like a unicorn for butcher baby. So yeah. Sure. And, and and not for nothing, but I, if I remember, Rob, you stand probably what six three, six six, uh, right? Afro, that's what six, I said. Nine. Six six you six with the afro. So this is going to be this could end tragically, but we're yeah. going to see what these things are made of. Literally, we're going to see the high quality craftsmanship of the Eva Under Fire disco onesie. Okay, here. <laughs> this is going to be just devastating. Is he covering up his schnoz? He's covering up his satchel. Yeah. There you. At least That's satchels right. fit him better than yours. <laughs> yeah. Everything fits satchel properly because he's in shape. So no offense, Rob. Ripped. That looks good. That looks yeah, good. You, oh, look at the guns. Yeah, yeah, well yeah, done. Yeah, look at guns. It's, yeah. the, it's the side hip area that I really think is accentuated on you right now. Yes. The side hip. Bottom curvature, like top yeah. leg, yes. Yeah. Take it off. If yeah. I sit down, I'm gonna split the ass. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, a round of applause for our model. Thank max you. effort, yes, max good. effort. Much appreciated. Yeah. Thank you. Anyway, well, listen. Um, yeah, we've had you guys a full hour, and we can't thank you enough. And uh, Rob's handsome boy modeling <laughs> school, we thank them as well. Such and. A- yeah. Wonderful. And then you guys have set a precedent that every artist we have on now, they have to try on something from their merch store for something. our amusement. Yeah. You know, okay. I'm actually sweating from that. Right. <laughs> I got to go to the gym or something. Man. <laughs> so, anyway, guys, listen, uh, Love, Drugs, and Misery, the new album coming out here in May. Uh, what are you guys doing as far as road work? What can we expect? Where can folks see oh. you guys? Trust and believe within the next several weeks, you'll be getting many, many announcements. We, we can't announce it yet, unfortunately, but pretty soon we will. Is it a big surprise? In May, it is a big surprise. Because okay, what's happening in May and what's happening after May, it's all going to come like in the next couple of weeks. We're going to announce everything. You guys are going to be all so right. good. Well, we'll just, we'll just, we'll obviously be uh, on top of things, what you guys are doing. And when you post it, we will post it for you as well because we want to get people out there supporting you. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I- uh, Eva, Rob, thanks, guys. We really appreciate it. This is a lot of fun. Much love. See you guys soon. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to something about the Beatles, now at Evergreen, and wherever you get your podcasts.